Hey guys, welcome to our program, Small Town Worlds, where we talk about world issues from a small town perspective through a biblical lens. Our aim is to spotlight Jesus Christ and spread the gospel while discussing relevant topics we all face day to day. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon. Whenever you're listening. Good evening, whenever you're listening. (laughs) If you're listening on the radio, we've changed times. We're now on at noon instead of 2, so from from 12 to 12.30, uh, if you're listening on the radio. Today, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court, and I really wanted to talk about this because there are some major Supreme Court cases coming up um, that I would say affect our daily lives, and... um, so we just wanted to talk about the importance of the Supreme Court, a little bit of brief brief history of the Supreme Court and what they do. And and then really I wanted to cover the cases they've covered this year, um, um, some great decisions that have been handed down, and then, um, and then talk about those upcoming cases. Give us a little bit of the history that you found. Well, I, I didn't write all that down, but I did, I did look through it. And so... Uh, a couple of things. I know one of the things that's been in the news lately is the a proposition to add justices to the court. And right. so I uh, just did a little background on that. And in reality, that is a, a very potential. I mean, it can happen and it can happen. The Congress has the right and the, the jurisdiction to do that. And it has happened over the years. It's gone. From, there's been as few as five. And one thing I read said as many as 10 throughout the history of the Supreme Court. Um, just the power that it that it has was something else that I, I just needed to study for my own sake because it had been a while since I looked into that. And the uh, the the authority and the the jurisdiction that they have, mm-hmm. what it is that they rule on, which is, um, of course, the appeals, which is something that is, I think, pretty common for most of us. But they right. also hear cases um, of maritime things that happen, yeah. Uh, they there's a case I can't remember if it was this year that it's already passed or it's upcoming a case um, against from Cuba against the United States with regards to pollution from one of the um, military ships I thought that was pretty interesting um, but more than anything it's their job to make sure that laws are constitutional and um, that that's their when they look at a law or a case. That's their basis. And so sometimes when it seems like they're not ruling in a way that makes sense to us, it really boils down to how it weighs out against the Constitution and and also against the precedent of other laws that have been already been put into place. And I think that that's when when you like for me that doesn't study that kind of thing regularly, you know, sometimes when I hear about a ruling, um, maybe it doesn't quite make sense to me or I don't understand how they came to that decision. Um, And I, I wouldn't say necessarily that their hands are tied as much as I would just say their responsibility is limited to that sometimes to those constitutional issues yeah I'm I'm listening to mere Christianity on audible and in the very beginning he talks um, in the preface uh, C.S. Lewis says he's He's just a lay person. Yeah. He, so I want to, I want to, that's, that keeps coming to my mind right now because we are clueless. Like we are not educating this. We're just typical lay people. Yeah. Telling you what we have studied a little bit about and, and we know very, very little right. about and are not probably qualified to speak about, but just, um, but an evaluation of what, what is out there in the public, 
which are the cases that have been heard, particularly yeah. in this past six months, and then those cases that are to be heard in the coming months. And, and why it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting thing that you posed to me. Um, don't you think it's important for us to know? And I think very much so it's important for us to yeah. know. Because, you know, typically we're not all sitting around um, Googling what are the current Supreme Court cases. Right. <laughs> Like none of us are sitting around reading that on a normal basis I until it was funny. I've uh, if you go to supremecourt.gov, I as you said that I kind of got tickled at myself this afternoon because if you go to supremecourt.gov, you can literally find all the cases, all the cases, you can get all their rulings, their opinions, you can get the year end report to the federal judiciary, their speeches, the transcripts of oral arguments, um, the calendar of, of the cases that they've already heard or sent, you know, whatever they call and the it. the upcoming heard, docket. And then you can see the upcoming docket. I think all I could find was uh, January and February of the coming year, but they already have them scheduled. I know all the way to July because that yeah. was another article that I read. So, you know, if, and I say that to say, if there is a particular case that you're interested in, if you, if you hear, um, you know, it, because there are several abortion cases that are very, very significant happening right now in the courts. There are right. gun control issues happening. There are First Amendment cases that are going to be presented. There are voting uh, cases that have just recently been ruled yeah. upon. Like those are significant things to our daily lives. Like yeah. not just a government, right. not just um, the you know the academic world. Academic world. It's not just them. It's all of us. Those are things that impact. Every one of us. And yeah, so. that's why I wanted to talk about this. So right now we have nine Supreme Court justices. We have th a liberal block of three, and we have a conservative block of six. Um, the three of which, the con three conservatives of which were appointed by Trump, Trump. the Trump administration. And yes. so another th question that Lee asked me is like, doesn't that like open our eyes to see how significant the the president really is. Yes. And I don't mean, I mean the office of president, the, the office, office of, of the president. president, like the fact that those three people were added in his three conservatives. I mean, yeah, well, let's be very clear. Three conservative justices were added to the court during his, um, you know, his time in office, term in office like that, one article I read said it, it took the court from, um, um, I don't even think I've grabbed that paper, but anyway, it took the court from a marginal yes. difference, like there was just a marginal uh, difference between sides to a huge swing in power. Yeah. Even so much to say that the Chief Justice, Justice Roberts, isn't that his name? Yeah. Um, Chief Justice Roberts, now, he, I mean, like he... Even in his office, as as the chief over all of them, is very limited in what power he has because of, and he considers himself a conservative as well. Yeah. But even his power is limited because the it's been shifted so. The, the balance of power has been so shifted because of that. Yeah. I wanted to talk about um, some cases that have that have happened this year. Yeah, I came across that same article that I just saw you pull from. So, yeah, that was... Very significant to me. So that was from, it's actually a New York Times article. Yes, it's a New York Times article. But I loved, it was just very informative. It wasn't, it really is. It wasn't, it wasn't it, particularly biased like the CNN report. It was very, 
yeah, very straightforward in just laying out the ruling. So, what were some of those we, that we were read? Most... A we read a really good CNN report, but it was clearly slanted to right. the left. Clearly slanted to the left, but it told a lot of information. Um, and it would, you know, while it was disappointed yeah. and upset that those things had happened, um, the year Supreme Court conservatives made their mark and that's the name of the cnn article but yeah it, and it was a very informative article but, but it is obviously left-leaning for sure yeah for sure the new york times article is tracking the major supreme court decisions this term um one of the ones i highlighted that i really wanted to discuss was the voting rights um yes so i'm going to say that's Brnovich versus the democratic national committee the court ruled um six to three how the conservative versus liberal bloc is laid out and um, the court ruled that arizona's restrictions on voting in the wrong precinct is lawful and that the state can can forbid voters from rel- uh, relying on another person to collect and drop off ballots i wanted to read the little top um so in arizona if a voter arrives at a polling place and is not listed on the voter roll for that precinct the voter may still cast a provisional ballot after election day Arizona official election officials review all provisional ballots to determine the voter's identity and address, and if officials determine the voter voted outside their precinct, the ballot is discarded. So that's what they upheld. Yes. Yeah. I listened to that. Um, Bronovich. Is that how, how do we say his name? Is it Bronovich or Bronovich? I don't know. Same thing. Uh, whomever. I listened to his interview about this ruling and what was so interesting that he pointed out was that part of the wording of the, of the ruling had to do with common sense integrity. Mm. And he said like all the other States already do this. Like he said, it was, it, it was almost laughable that this state was targeted for doing this when in previous elections, that and the fact that different states have different um, regulations, they have different um, amount of time, how many days you can, you know, um, early vote. Right. There's you know, regulations. Things like that. And he said it was, he, he was basically pointing out the hypocrisy of those that were fighting for that to stay in place. Yeah. That, you know, that were saying that that was okay, that people could drop off somebody else's ballot and you could vote at it like I, I can't go vote where you know here right. when I get ready to go vote I have to go where I'm assigned to vote right we can't even we can't even vote in a different location within our parish right you have to go to your polling place I to mean vote. so can you imagine driving to Baton Rouge and trying to vote I mean right common sense yeah common sense integrity that that doesn't make sense that it would be acceptable acceptable yeah so uh, there was another great ruling, um, the, start, the students' First Amendment rights. Um, in Mahoney Area School District versus BL, the court ruled that, pen, that a Pennsylvania school district could not punish a student for off-campus speech because it violated the First Amendment. Actually, uh, that was an eight-to-one ruling, and uh, so everyone ruled in favor yeah. of that, that a student can't be punished for off, off-campus writing or speech. Was it Clarence um, Thomas? Clarence Thomas voted, was the only one. Yeah, who he just, was the only one that voted dissent, dissent yeah. Yeah. Um, another good one was union access to workplaces. California had a law had a law that um, uh, said that union um, members could come and access a workplace and organize a union within the workplace. 
So I went to the Supreme Court and um, and they it was six three again. Uh, they ruled in favor of the workplace. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the most striking ones to me was the Fulton versus the city of Philadelphia. Oh, I know. I'm coming to that one. Are we going uh, to talk about it next? Yeah, I just, that to me just gave me such hope. I know. Because it, it really put in front of the Supreme Court two very opposing positions being yeah. that of religion versus gay rights. I mean, that was pretty much the, the, the ruling. And so the, the Catholic social services had denied adoption to same-sex couples couples and the supreme court and this was a nine to zero vote it was the supreme court voted that this was not um a violation of those that couple but rather it was if if it was upheld it would have been a violation of the the religion the catholic church their right to stand for their religious beliefs and i thought thinking of the cases that have been heard in the last few years like that Mm -hmm. gave me such hope that um, you know, there's there's some protection for our rights, religious it, freedoms. Yeah. So Philadelphia violated the agency's First Amendment rights when it froze its state contracts because it believed, and I'm speaking it as the Catholic um, agency, uh, it believed that marriage should be between a man and a woman. So they took away their state contracts is what they did. Mm-hmm. They froze their assets. They couldn't have that contract. And um, so they said that they violated... Um, their First Amendment rights. Uh, there was also another First Amendment ruling. Uh, let me find it. Oh. Did you have it? Well, I was looking. I thought I had written. Well, there were several that um, favored Christian groups. There was also, um, uh, there's another one that the COVID, and I think this was probably in the news and people probably heard a lot about it. It was COVID restrictions and religion in the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn versus Cuomo. The New York court ruled that New York could not prohibit in-person attendance at worship services because it violated the constitution's protection of religious liberty. Um, that was a five, four vote with yeah. Roberts um, in dissent against uh, in siding with the liberal bloc on that one. But there were several gun law. There were. There Talk were about several, those. Well, Tell let me find them because I can't remember. I've got them. Um, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. Um, and actually, that one is likely to be heard. In, in, so I think, I think they've made the oral arguments, but a ruling hasn't been made for that particular one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to be made in June. There was another. Um, I can't find it right this second. I thought there were several that had to do with with uh, with gun laws, but right this moment I can't remember. But there's also a case in Maine. It's the Maine uh, tuition assistance program. Yeah, and that. Um, so what that tuition assistance did is it get, it gives um, parents vouchers mm-hmm. and allows their children to to attend any school. But what it did it said was that it allowed them to attend any school, but a Christian school. Mm-hmm. So now the case is is being fought that the that it would open it up. Yeah, what, had Christian a ruling schools. been made on that? No, it's a, it's an upcoming case. An upcoming. Mm-hmm. So uh, the th- it, the 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 hope is that it can no longer exclude Christian schools. So, uh, so it said that the court heard. Um, I I just wanted to know like how what do they, how many do they hear or whatever. So it said that last year they heard sixty two cases. One of the articles that I read came across. Actually, it might have been an interview I was listening to. Said that they. 
um, normally take a summer break, and they had right. not they had not been able to do that this year because um, like twelve of those cases were from from the previous year. So, on their uh, upcoming calendar, there are fifty six cases that they've agreed to hear, and um, some pretty significant ones, really. Yes. The and nine of them are from the Fifth District Court of Appeals out of New Orleans. Out of New Orleans, yeah, yeah. So I thought, and and that is one of the higher numbers. Um, of the cases that are to be heard, not uh, from the various districts. Well, sure, yeah. When you think about the federal appeals court, when nine yeah, cases thir- are out of one, what thirteen districts? I think is what it said. Thirteen courts of appeal, um, and so yeah, nine of those of the fifty that they've agreed to hear, fifty-six they've agreed to hear are coming out of of New Orleans, and um, and a, I mean, let's just be honest. Abortion is right now the biggest. Yeah, um, I think. So One they, of the bigger issues before the, the court right now it, from several yeah. different states. So did I was confused about the Mississippi court case. So there was a Mississippi court case that they had reviewed, uh, and I don't know if they took the case or not. I think the Texas case might have overshadowed the Mississippi case, but... Um, I think if I if I remember correctly, they they heard oral arguments, or they have agreed to hear have agreed to hear oral arguments on January the seventh for the Mississippi case as for well. the Mississippi case. I think so. That's the case that uh, prohibits abortion after fifteen weeks. The Texas case prohibits abortion after um, six weeks. Yeah. So I want to read what that. Um, so the Mississippi case is speaking to that line that was drawn, I guess, in Roe v. Wade, that 24-week viability line that has been upheld now for 50 years, whatever. Right. Um, and that's the challenge. They're trying essentially to move that line yeah. down you know, to a much earlier time frame than the, than the 24 weeks that it had been. So the Texas law bans abortion at or around six weeks of pregnancy. Before many women even know they're pregnant. I think this was probably a left-leaning article as well. It has no exceptions for rape or incest. The statute also delegates enforcement to any person anywhere who can sue any doctor for performing any abortion on anyone who aids in the procedure. Those suing can collect up to $10,000 if their lawsuits succeed. So in one article that I read, it said that, uh, that because of this Texas precedent, doctors in other states it made them nervous and so Mm -hmm. they were refusing to also do abortions after six weeks for fear that this court case might be upheld and that they might be liable and be able to be sued so essentially what it means is if you performed an abortion on my daughter I could come back and sue you or my aunt could come back and sue any Mm -hmm. actually anyone could come back and sue based on that um I think that was part of the they're being accused of creating this loophole. Yeah. And and really the, the Supreme Court upheld it. Basically they turned it back on the the state. The state courts and said you handle handle this. So I mean, the Texas case is also going to be heard in on January seventh, but it will be heard in the fifth judicial district, which is New Orleans. Uh, so it'll be heard at that point. And t- I did read that the state attorney general I mean, yeah, let me yeah. I need to double check then about the Mississippi because I may have may have that date wrong. Maybe it, maybe what I heard was that they had already made the oral arguments before the Supreme Court, and that was a different date. 
Maybe they were going to make a decision in June. I need well, to look that up the, again. The yeah. cases that I was interested in are being heard on January 7th. Oh, well, yeah. The, the case that we're going to talk about, the vaccine mandate, and then this abortion case are all are both being heard. Now, the vaccine mandate will be heard by the Supreme Court, and this one will be heard by the, the Fifth, Fifth District. District. Yeah. Um, but Eternal, Attorney General Ken Paxton plans to ask the appeals court to direct the Texas Supreme Court to hear the case. So it may not be decided in the Fifth Judi- Judicial District. It may end up going back to the to the Texas Supreme Court uh, yeah. to be decided. But either way, there will be some type of hearing on January seventh yeah. on the on the abortion um, case. Um. Okay, do so we want to talk about the next case that I had? Yeah, Did listed. You, is this the the vaccine mandate? Yeah, yeah. So the vaccine uh, mandate. Um, I think we've probably all heard about that. That's been in the news a lot. So, um, the Biden required a vaccine mandate for any companies with 100 or more employees. Um, they have to require they ha- the company has to require a vaccine or submit their employees to weekly testing, and it will be enforced by OSHA. Um, I know one company um, that's a gas company um, that I have a family member that works for that gas company, and they said that OSHA had spoke to their human resources office um, and said there was no way for them to police. They didn't have the manpower mm. to police companies. They had no idea how they would possibly implement yeah. enforcing that, and that they were really frustrated that it had been put back on them. That, um, I've read a couple of different things that – where OSHA said they didn't feel like that was their responsibility. They, yeah. Um, I think that's the argument a lot of people now, are making. How many states have already filed suit against? So there were quite, I didn't make the 24? list. 24? But there were a Is, lot. Does that sound like a right number? For some reason that number popped in my head. But yeah, a lot of states have already pushed back against that mandate. Right. So it's going to the Supreme Court. And um, there were, like I said, there were... Um, there were numerous, numerous suits uh, that they were going to look at. Um, the Sixth Circuit Court lifted the stay on the vaccine mandate last week, and it was set to be implemented on January 4th, and like I said, it would, was to be enforced by OSHA, and it will, um, again, that'll be heard as well by the Supreme Court on January 7th. So, so. Back to the question at the beginning, why? What significance does any of this have on our day-to-day life? Our going to work, our um, just living our life. What? Why do we need to know this? Why is it important for us to be educated in um, in, in these things that are happening? Why? Well, if we just talk about the abortion case, I think we can clearly see why because millions of lives will be impacted. Um, think about the babies that have already been saved. Yeah. Uh, just the Texas case and the Mississippi case. Um, those abortions. And and think about the doctors, because it, it did say there were doctors in other states right. that had... Because that's what the law was written yeah. outside of Texas. I mean, it's, it was written in Texas, for Texas, but the way that it's worded, it, it does have implications to other states. To other states. And it actually said that it could not be heard in a Texas court. That's why the Attorney General was going to be... Um, that, that was the loophole mm-hmm. that the Texas law could not be heard in a Texas court that it had to be. So in other words, they wanted it to go to the Supreme court. Yeah. Eventually that was the, that was the point, the point. Um, and so with that loophole in place, it did affect other States is what 
is what I read. And yeah. people were scared. But but when you think about the lives that would be impacted and have already been impacted by that, the, the children that have lived, yeah. <laughs> that would have died otherwise, um, that's why it's so important for us to be informed because our vote does matter. So how, okay, so understanding that, you know, when I look at all this, it's very, I, I understand it's something that I need to know. So now I think our, we're left with the question, what do I, what do I do with this knowledge? You know, yeah. what, what do I do now that I know? And I think we're back to that place of acknowledging and recognizing that our God responds to prayer. Yeah. That it's our responsibility to pray. After I read and studied this over the last few days, it was, I immediately began to pray for our Supreme Court justices. Yeah. And when I tell you, I can't remember the last time I prayed for our Supreme Court. I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I think surely I have at some point in my right. adulthood, but like, it isn't an ongoing. Exactly. It's not something we think yeah, about on a daily basis. Yeah, but like, basis. what, what a heavy responsibility it is on them. And I think it also goes back to, to what we talked about a week or so ago. Like my other prayer in that was that God would just um, raise up his, his children within these positions yeah. that have, you know, these, these lower courts, there's 90, um, 94 district level courts and there's 13 courts of appeal. This is, this is a really big system within our government that I think sometimes we, um, maybe don't realize the weight that it carries. I know yeah. I don't always realize the weight that it carries. And so yeah. when, when you, when we begin to think about our role as citizens, no, being informed enough to, ho- to know who to vote for understanding. Uh, okay. So right now we're looking at one of the justices that's potentially going to retire yeah, or is going to be pushed to retire. Look, I'm, I'm going to say it that way. Cause that's what I think he's going to be, although he's pretty old, he's going to be pushed to retire within the term of the current president, obviously. Yeah. So that he can be replaced with a liberal. a liberal justice. And it actually, one of the things said, uh, it was so telling because it said, she, it said, I read that. Did you read that? It's, I did. Like they already know. They that, already know who they want in place. Yes. It said she will be younger and much more liberal. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I thought that was pretty interesting too. I did she, too. Yeah. They didn't know the name, but they said she. <laughs> Obviously it's yeah. already in the works. Already in the works. And just being aware of those things, like who, who potentially would come off of the, the Supreme Court in the next term and what would that look like? So before right. well, you're, I guess the point being, we're, we're not just casting our vote for this one office, this, this presidential office, we are casting a vote. The implications are far yes, reaching. Far reaching. And so like, you know, beyond Trump's term who, you know, he may never, I mean, I don't know, you know, we get all these rumors that he's going to run again and whatever, whatever. Yeah. I mean, who knows anything about that, but these three justices that he appointed, they're going to be there until they die. Yes. Or retire. Or retire. And just from the course of when I looked at like past, there's not that many of them left alive because many of them stay till they're die. almost dead. Yeah, they do. And so. Because they they realize the weight. Yes. That they carry and how important their position is. Yeah. And, and the balance of power. The balance of power for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just these few, obviously these were the more, um, Far-reaching rulings; they're the the more prominent rulings. But you know, they've heard they heard sixty something cases, sixty two cases, last year. 
Yeah. And I wanted to um I wanted to go back to the vaccine mandate for one second. I forgot yeah. about I forgot. I'm so sorry because that's my life. I always forgetful. I'm forgetful. Uh Christy Noam, she tweeted out um so Biden said yesterday or day before yesterday that there's no federal solution for COVID um and that it should be handled on a state to state basis. So Christy said, Governor Christy Noam of South Dakota President Biden said, says that there is no federal solution to the virus, but he continues to impose an unconstitutional mandate on the country. Should he rescind those mandates immediately? But even if he doesn't, he should. I'm sorry. I misread that. He should rescind those mandates immediately. But even if he doesn't, we will win in court. That was her. Uh, and I thought that was interesting that yeah. she tweeted that. Do you know if she's a Democrat or a Republican? She's a Christy Noam. She's a you know I don't know such things. She's a Republican. Okay. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> I mean, Christy. A little, I love her. Okay, well, good for her. I'm glad yeah. she is. <laughs> yeah, she's somebody you should go read. Read okay. some of her stuff that she's written and things that she said. She's uh, making a stand. Yes. Yeah. Making a wonderful stand for her, uh, for her state. And that is my prayer for... You know all these pol- all these political positions—the judges, the senators, the representatives, the aides—all these people that they would begin to be empowered by a holy boldness to stand up for um, the truth that they know. Yeah, uh, as well as the citizens. I mean, I think we we need to have our voice heard as well, but um, particularly those that are in a position to really affect genuine change in our country, which these justices are very much in that position. I mean, we're talking about, you know, freedom of speech and gun rights and abortion and um, voting, you know, integrity. These are some very significant things within our country right now. Yeah. There are the school system cases. um, There are some athletic cases coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so my, uh, encouragement was know what's going on and know what to pray for. Yes. Yeah. So I think we are out. Of, are we out of time, sister? We are out of time. So I thank y'all for joining us today and we'll see y'all again next time.